This is Kingdom Vibes Podcast. Conversations about experiencing the waves of God. Welcome. My name is Samuel Broby Jr. And I'm your host on this journey of truth, clarity, and directions. In our culture filled with complex deceptions and false claims masquerading as truth, hearing the heart of God cannot be taken lightly. Your very life, a thriving life, depends on it. Glad you're here. Make sure you join us online at KingdomVibesPodcast.com. Also, you can find us on Twitter at KVibesPodcast, Instagram at KingdomVibesPodcast, and our Facebook page at KingdomVibesPodcast. Be sure to join the conversation and don't forget to subscribe. recording this episode on the birthday weekend of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., a weekend leading up to the day set aside when we in the United States observe and remember the legacy of an awe-inspiring civil rights leader. Before immigrating to the U.S., I must admit I knew practically nothing about Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., Neither did I know as much as I know now about the civil rights movement. Of course, I knew about the songs, We Shall Overcome, and Say It Loud, I'm Black and Proud. I think it's fair to say that much of what most people know about Dr. King is limited to his role in the August 28, 1963 March on Washington. A while back, A friend of mine who, like me, immigrated from an African country made a statement to me that somewhat surprised me. He was wondering why Dr. King is held in such high esteem and didn't understand why people in the United States, particularly African Americans, celebrated him so much. We both immigrated in an era where there was no internet. As far as I know, Most countries during that time did not learn much, if any at all, about the civil rights movement in schools. Maybe Liberia would be an exception, but I'm not sure. We were busy learning about British colonial rule and the history of the English. So as I pondered over his statement, I decided to ask another close African-American friend how I could talk about Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. to any new American, particularly those from the African continent. She graciously made me aware that the particular country the person came from would be essential to understanding and better appreciating what Dr. King means to the U.S., So she proceeded by asking me about what Dr. Kwame Nkrumah, the first prime minister of Ghana, means to Ghanaians and Africa as a whole. After answering, she said, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., in many ways, is to African Americans and the U.S. what Dr. Kwame Nkrumah 
is to Ghanaians and Africa. I was like, wow, that made a lot of sense to me. Over the years, I have learned a lot about Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. and also about the civil rights movement. His life is well established in our collective consciousness, so much so that finer details from his story are forgotten all too often. Beyond his timeless quotes and speeches, there are many fascinating things about his life. In this episode, I have put together 10 fascinating things I did not know about him. 10 fascinating things. So here we go. Dr. King's birth name was Michael. He was born Michael King Jr. on January 15, 1929, to parents Michael King Sr. and Alberta Williams King. His father, a minister at Ebenezer Baptist Church in Atlanta, which is still here, visited Germany in 1934, became inspired by the Reformation leader, Martin Luther. His father began calling himself, and later his son, Martin Luther King. Number two, number two. This actually made me giggle. He was kicked out of the first grade and ended up skipping two more years of school later on. He was enrolled in first grade at age five which was too young per the school's entry requirements, so his teacher expelled him. Years later, he was able to skip both the ninth and 12th grade because of his academic achievements. Dr. King was accepted into and enrolled at Morehouse College at age 15, where he completed a bachelor's degree in sociology. Number three, number three, he was the youngest person at the time to receive a Nobel Peace Prize. This was for combating racial inequality through nonviolence. He was 35 years old at the time, and again, the youngest man at that time to do so. His prize included a check for $54,123 dollars which he donated to various organizations to aid in the progress of the civil rights movement. That was good. Number four, number four. He was arrested 29 times and assaulted four times. That always fascinates me. Although Dr. Kent was admired by many during that time, he was seen as a threat to the U.S. security by police, and also by other government officials. He went to jail about 30 times, arrested for acts of civil disobedience, including the time he was jailed in Montgomery, Alabama. Check this out. In 1956, in 1956, for driving five miles per hour over the speed limit. Interesting, isn't it? Even the FBI had concerns. Paper trails show that the agency had continued efforts to thwart King's progress. After his I Have a Dream speech, 
1963, the FBI intensified their investigation into King and the Southern Christian Leadership Conference. Number five, Dr. King is the only non-president to have a national holiday in his name. In 1983, President Reagan signed a bill that was established a nationally observed holiday in remembrance of Dr. King. He is the only non-president to have received such an honor. He is also the only non-president with a memorial located on the National Mall in Washington, D.C. However, listen to this, however, it took a while for all 50 states to get on board with honoring him with that holiday. South Carolina was the final state to officially observe the national holiday in the year 2000. Interesting stuff, isn't it? All right, number six. King was awarded 20 honorary degrees and was named Man of the Year by Time magazine. Actually, his doctorate is in systematic theology. After earning a divinity degree, King attended graduate school at Boston University where he received his PhD degree in 1955. The additional 20 honorary degrees were from colleges and universities across the U.S. and also around the world. In 1963, he became the first African-American to be named Time Magazine's Man of the Year. The tributes in that paper at that time, in that magazine at that time, included a photograph on the cover and a seven-page article with several photos of the most memorable moments of his career. Number seven. There are approximately 900 streets to date named after Martin Luther King Jr. in the United States. Well, this actually happened after his assassination in 1968. Many cities across the nation began naming and renaming streets in his honor. Even countries such as Italy, I did not know that, and Israel followed suit. The number of streets increases every year, with 70% in the southern states, including Alabama, Texas, Florida, Mississippi, Georgia, Louisiana, and North Carolina. I wonder what is going on with the other southern states. I'm, I'm going to have to find out. Anyway, let's go on to number eight. King was nearly assassinated 10 years before his eventual assassination. This happened on September 20th, 1958, when Dr. King was in Harlem signing copies of his new book, Stride Toward Freedom, at a local department store. A mentally ill woman named Isola Curry approached him, asking if he was Martin Luther King Jr. When he replied, yes, she said, I have been looking for you for five years and stuck a letter opener into his chest. A letter opener stuck it into his chest. Well, the blade came close to penetrating his heart, and but it nestled just along the side of his aorta. After several hours of surgery, King emerged alive and well. Doctors later told him that just one sneeze could have punctured his aorta and killed him. 
Dr. Kent later issued a statement that he felt no anger or ill will towards this woman. That is amazing. Number nine, his mother was also murdered by a gunman. Wow, this family really went through a lot. On June 30th, 1974, Alberta Williams King was shot by a gunman who claimed that Christians were his enemy and that he received divine instructions to kill King's father. However, because Alberta, who played the organ on Sundays at Ebenezer Baptist Church, was closer to the assailant, to this man, he opted to shoot her instead. The man was convicted, receiving the death penalty sentence, which was later changed to life in prison, partly because King's family did not believe in capital punishment. Number 10. King's last public speech foreshadowed his death. On the night before his assassination, Dr. King traveled to Memphis to give a speech in support of the city's African-American sanitation workers. At the Mason Temple Church, he told the crowd, quote, like anybody, I would like to live a long life. Longevity has its place, but I'm not concerned about that now. I have seen the promised land. I may not get there with you, but I want you to know tonight that we as a people will get to the promised land. And I'm happy tonight. I'm not worried about anything. I'm not fearing any man. Mine eyes have seen the glory of the coming of the Lord. I was trying to sound like him, but I know <laughs> it doesn't come anywhere close. Okay, so that was the 10th one. And now this bonus one that I really want to share with you, which is really quite close to my heart. He spoke around the world in countries such as Ghana, the country of my birth. When Dr. King became the president of the Southern Christian Leadership Conference, he began traveling all over the world and delivering speeches about the importance of fighting for racial equality. One of his notable trips include his visit to Ghana, where he celebrated the country's independence. Of course, I wasn't born then, but he was there and celebrated it. And sadly, I have to say, when I lived in Ghana, as a kid, I did not know this about him. So, so there you have it. Things you probably didn't know about Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. I'm sure there are many more. Would you share any fascinating facts about him on our Facebook page or on our website, kingdomvibespodcast.com? Thank you all for listening. You can get additional information on our website at kingdomvibespodcast.com. Also, I invite you to engage with us on our Facebook and Instagram pages and follow us on Twitter. Please share this with your friends and family. We hope this episode has inspired you to continue having more conversations with God. The way you do that is to tune into His frequency and experience the waves of God. Until next time, Please be safe.